Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, this is your official spoiler warning. If you've not seen Chronicas, um, this is your spoiler warning. Um, we're going to spoil it. Great. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. I'm right, just feeling feeling tired, feeling, feeling efficient, tight. you know. All right. Well, let's fucking get into the podcast then. Peace. I hate the word. I don't. I don't. One leg got a fucking ticket. Yeah, play a little corn starch. My werewolf man. Hello everyone, welcome to Mish and Zach's Leguzan Ramnya. This is a podcast, there's only so many ways you can do the intro. This mm. is a podcast where each and every week, myself and my dearest, dearest, closest, most lovable friend, uh, we chat about, you. no worries, we chat about John Leguizamo and everything that he has been at, be it in English or in Spanish, mm. we will watch it and we will talk to you about it. Um, my name is Mish. You might know me from Spotify. Um, and hey, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I'm joined, as always, as I am every single week, uh, by Zachary Thomas Ruane, uh, who you might know from. Also Spotify. Great. Can Okay, so I've only just, I'm, I am like, I hate to be that person, but I am very bad at technology. Really, oh, same. Really bad. Babe, like, same. Today I tried to back up my iCloud. I still don't really understand what an iCloud is or how it works. I just know that if I change phones, I won't have all my photos if I don't back up my iCloud. Mm -hmm. So I don't really understand it. Like, it's all very, very stressful. Anything to do with any form of new technology, I don't get. All my friends are like, can you please get Beam it? I don't understand what that is. I don't, I hate new shit. Mm -hmm. And I recently, literally in the last week, discovered that if I create a playlist, you can share it with other people. Like you can share your music with people. Mm. And that the playlists you create on Spotify are accessible to the public mm. should they want to look at them. Which is fine. It's not like I have a big sex podcast or um, playlist, whatever. Anyway. Mm. Um, and I've just created a playlist for friends and people, listeners of the podcast, should they want to listen to it. And I'm very excited. That's great. By people being like, oh, I really like this song and I'm adding to it and stuff. It's my new thing. Oh, Mish, that, I'm Thanks. really happy for you. Thank you so much. I just feel like it was, it was just a really cool thing that happened. I never really, I think I did one post about a playlist once, um, my exercise playlist, uh, which is funny because I don't exercise nearly enough. Um, yeah, I think you sent that to me once. It's a good exercise playlist. Yeah, it's a good playlist. Uh, playlist. <laughs> playlist. And uh, I've got uh, seven people have liked it. Mm. And I don't know who they are. And it makes me feel a little funny sometimes. I'm like, who's listening to my playlist? Because it, it, it's out there and yeah. I accept that it's out there. In, in fact, I called the playlist Pop Fun Time 
Oh, well, that's instead prob- of exercise playlist because I thought people might watch neat. No, like I didn't want people knowing I had an exercise playlist. It didn't really feel on brand. Yeah. Well, okay. So for example, I have one called work bops. Yeah. No one likes it. Yeah. Not one person has listened to work bops. Um, it's got some really good bops, yeah. I, I cre- but I, I never create playlists. I just, I listen to my liked songs. Um, but my playlist that I'm updating regularly now for people to listen to is called Listen to What Mish Listens To. Oh, that's a good one. Thanks. And I think that it's really good. And I think people are really going to like it. I'm really proud of you, mate. Thank you. Thank you I'm so, so much. proud of you. Um, we did a Twitch the other day. <gasps> so with, much fun. With um, Lena Moon from, to promote. From, from Big Balls fame. From Big Balls. We did an episode with her about the sketch video Big Balls and um and now now you know the 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 talk in the halls of Mission Zach are should we live stream the recording of our podcast on Twitch um that would involve either the person who didn't know Spotify playlists were shareable until this week mm. or I've also got bad technology things. I can't think of one on the top, off the top of or my head. Or the person who can't even think of an example of something they're bad at. Yeah. Yeah. So, but honestly, seeing Lena's setup for Twitch was the most intimidating thing. And she kept saying like, oh, I'm sorry, it was just a bash about job. It's like nothing that involves that many chords is a bash about job. The, there I can was... handle two, two chords. If I'm connecting a television to a VCR, yeah. two chords. As soon as it's like here are six, seven, 12 chords, go fuck yourself. There were so many screens and not all of them were the, like set the way a screen would normally be. Mm. One of the screens was vertical, like a phone screen. Oh, it blew my mind. There, there are a lot of people in our world during lockdown that were like, I, I might get into streaming. Because mm. I, and I, some of them I think thought it was easy. Mm. You just get in front of a webcam and you just talk for mm. three hours and, and you get subs. Yeah. I was never one of those people. I did think about doing it, but I always could tell. I was like, that looks like it's complicated. Mm. And on Wednesday night, I w- it was confirmed for me that it yeah. was complicated. Well, that's the thing. So I would love to stream our podcast tips. I'd love to do that. I would lo- like he's – we know now for a fact that Johnny Legs – has voiced many a game. Mm. And, of course, I would love to play them live. But I know so little about how to do Twitch Mm -hmm. or stream live at Mm -hmm. all. The amount of work I'd have to ask someone to do for me would require payment. Yes. That's how I look at it. And Mm. it's like I can't – I don't have it in me to learn because Mm. I only just found out you could share a Spotify playlist. Mm. But also I don't, like, I've got so many friends who are like, I'll do it for you. I'll help you. It's like I don't think they realise how little I know or understand. Yeah, because I think it would be fun. Like the, like someone said in the comments of Lena's stream, they were like, you could do what Gamey Gamey Game does, have mm. pre-chat, do the ep- like record the episode and then at, afterwards maybe have some more chats about the episode and mm-hmm. whatnot. And I thought that's really fun. Yes, and I'd be is. well up for that. And we, you and I, when we do a podcast, a 45-minute podcast is a three-hour affair. Oh, without a doubt. Can I just say as well yeah. that 
we came in today and this was literally what happened. We walked into the studio like, hey, hey, how you going? Mm. You having a good day? I'm having a good day too. We sat down. So like, can you test your mic? Blah, blah, blah. Done. We started recording within three minutes of seeing each other. Oh, yeah. That is the most efficient we have ever been. So much so to the point where I want to make sure that you're not mad at me for anything. That's so funny. Yeah, I was no, like, well, we just launched straight in. We no, I was just ready to go. I was just like, I did just watch Chronicas. Which is full on. Yeah. So, like, I just wrapped it up and then came here. Mm-hmm. So, that might be part of it. Like, I might be in that headspace. Yeah. Um, but no, no, I was just ready to go. I was just like, well, you know what happens, right, mm. in my experience of us recording this podcast yeah. is you and I have a chat before the podcast, often about personal things that we maybe wouldn't put Absolutely. on the podcast, yep. right? But sometimes not. Sometimes it's just about how was your week? Um, Watch anything good this week. Yeah. And we'll just have a chat for an hour. Then we'll start recording. Mm-hmm. And we've pretty much established and our listeners have given us the okay mm-hmm. to do at l- like half an episode of intro. Yeah. So then we will do more chat before the topic. Yeah. And sometimes I just think if we just sort of keep it together for long enough to hit record, mm. the chat can just be inside the podcast. Yeah. And that just happened to me today. I was just ready to like get in here, press go. That's great. That's great. I'll say also, th- I'm really shitty with you. <laughs> no, I'm, not, no, I'm, I'm not at all. I'm, I'm not, not even at all. joking. I'm not like, at that's, all. that's very indicative of who I am is that as soon as you're like, right, let's get going, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like I've done something to hurt you. And that you're upset with me. No, no, no. I'm the same. I'm always the same. I was even like, why am I being so efficient? (laughs) I was like, am I in a bad mood? Should I check in before I do this? But no, I was just ready to go. I was just feeling it, you know? I was just like... Have you watched anything good this week? um, No, what have you watched this week? Do you know what I've been watching? Um, I've been, because I'd never seen them. Mm. I've been watching the Hellraiser films. (gasps) been wanting to this is pinhead yes i've never seen them so i've watched they look fucked i've watched the first i've watched the first three and there's 11 and i'm there's 11 there's 11 um the fourth one it was the last one that was released in cinemas there's 11 oh yeah there is that's like that's like um, nightmares, Nightmare on Elm it's Street. It's that. It's that. It's like it is Britain's. They're ruining their legacy. <laughs> but I love that. I love when is horror movies do that. Yeah, well, yeah, this is crazy, right? So I'd never, I'd, 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 I didn't know much about it and I watched the first one because I just did. And because of Pinhead, you know, and it's yeah. iconic. And I just watched it and it's fucking great, Mish. I have to watch them. I've it's been meaning so to. It's so good. It is so good. The first one in particular is so fucking good. It's is it like, scary? Yeah. Is it sci-fi? No. Great. Uh, it it like it tickles that itch for me, but I don't think you would consider it sci-fi. Okay, great. It's like um I really can't think of what to compare it to. But it's kind of like you know like Stephen King and like in the 80s um there was a lot of horror literature. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And and the idea that horror would have lore and it would have like detail and almost mm-hmm. the idea that 
I think there was a level where horror, you know, now I think horror slasher thriller are very like blurry. Whereas I think then the line between horror and fantasy was kind of blurry. Like the idea that Neil Gaiman who wrote Sandman, like he, he kind of dabbles between horror and, and fantasy. Yeah. This is like the same spectrum, but on the horror side. So is it kind of like Silent Hill? Um, you know how she walks into a desolate town, it looks like it's going to be like something from the real world, but then it ends up being full of like fucked shit. So it, it isn't like it on one level, mm-hmm. but it is very much like it on another level. Okay. It's not like it, I think, tonally. Tonally it's kind of fun and, and like it, it's got like, um, it's kind of funny in a way. Chutzpah. It's got chutzpah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's got that same kind of like strange beauty, but beauty through the gore. You best believe that I'm genuine. I mean it when I say I am going to watch that by the time we t- do our next podcast. Oh, great. I swear to God. And I'm like, I'm having the most fun. I don't usually watch sequels, you know. I don't really go down the path of a film series, mm. but there is something fun about just seeing the it slip away. I did it with Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So I watched up to like six or something. Right. I've only seen one and like. That fucked one that you got me onto that I'd never seen before. Right. Have you watched Wes, it? Did you watch the it? The Wes Craven one. Did you watch yeah. it? Yeah. Have we talked about it here? I don't know if we've talked about it on the pod. But that one is like, Which maybe we have talked one? about it on the pod. A new Nightmare. Yeah, New Nightmare. I, and it was made right before Scream. Yeah. And the world just wasn't ready for it yet. No. But my God, I loved it. Fucking spectacular. Nightmare on Elm Street, A New Nightmare is, other than the first one, mm, my favourite. The favorite. first one is spe- spectacular. The fir- yeah. Well, the, out of, you know, the um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th Halloween thing, Nightmare on Elm Street is my favourite. Mm. That's hard to say because I actually really like all three of those. I don't like Friday the 13th, but I like Halloween. You didn't like, like Friday the 13th. That's the one where they at the camp, right? Yeah, like there's some moments that are great, but it's not. It's Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street are like yeah, just level. really, really, really good. Yes, and like were underappreciated in their time, even though they did really well. Mm-hmm. Like they are as good as you know yeah a, a lot of other things, and were kind of underappreciated because they were genre. Mm. Friday the 13th is exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's that's a fair point. It really is. It's like there's no tension mm. because no one knows that anyone else is dying. It's just a series of deaths. Yeah. But, it, 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 yeah. but, but Nightmare on Elm Street after the first one, I didn't enjoy them mm. because the whole shti- – they just like drain that shtick mm. so much. But A New Nightmare, I loved it. Yeah. Like, I re- like it was – pure, pure entertainment, like just so self-aware. And, and so like, oh. so like, um, you know, when you have an idea and you're talking about it with your friend and you're like this, but not this, we'll find something more. Yeah. It's like they just abandoned the this, but not this. And they're like, the f- this is what it is. Yeah. It's just so... How he got it made. It's oh, so my God. shit. So, like, for anyone who's like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, very loosely, um, a, a Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, nightmare Before nightmare Christmas. Christmas. Um, uh, nightmare on Elm Street, A New Nightmare. I think it's just called A New Nightmare. Oh, is it? 
I think it, I don't think, it might even be something else. I might be thinking of another sequel, but I don't think it's called A Nightmare Before Well, it's, a it doesn't on Elm fit Street. into the, uh, the other Nightmare on Elm Street, like, f- like franchise. It's kind of its own entity, but it's like the actress who played the lead is playing herself, who's having nightmares about Freddy Krueger. And she goes to Wes Craven and is like, I need some help here, man. I'm still having these nightmares. And everyone in it are characters that made the film Nightmare on Elm Street. It's fucked. It's called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah, okay. And it's just, it's incredible. I loved it so much. And I highly recommend it to horror fans. Mm. I don't think if you... If you're kind of like, you like a bit, you kind of like a scary, it's like a proper, like, you've got to see this if you like horror movies. So, you know how the end of that, spoiler warning, goes really big on the lore and the world? Yes. And the, I'd not seen Hellraiser yet. So that was kind of one of the first horror movies I'd seen mm. go that big. Hellraiser goes that big, particularly in the second one. Okay. It's, it's like... The pinhead, and what is really cool, right, of all the story, like of all the, you know, like villains out getting elevated film by film, like the way that Jason Voorhees isn't in, mm. isn't in the first Friday the 13th, pinhead is never called pinhead in the first one. And he's one of four, they're called Cenobites, which are like interdimensional beings that we would, as humans would call demons, mm. who who see no difference between pleasure and pain. Oh. Fucking great. Like, mm. it's got S&M imagery and stuff. But he's just one of the four, and the only reason he got elevated to a main character in the second one onwards is because he looks so fucking cool. Oh, he looks so fucking cool. He looks <laughs> petrifying to me, and I've not seen the film. Yeah. Like, I look at him, I'm like, oh, God. And not much scares me anymore. Oh. And I think I've told this story, but I'll say why. It's because uh, a very good friend of mine, she's still a very, very dear friend of mine, um, when we were about 12, she had a younger brother who was five mm. and her parents would like once a month or something go clubbing. Very funny. Funny. Because they were like, oh, let's just like go and live our lives and go clubbing. And my friend would babysit her little brother. Yeah, right. And they would, the parents would always be like, why don't you have some friends over? So like, you know, whatever. And when her little brother would go to bed, we would allowed to watch movies. We would rent movies at the Blockbuster. Right. And because... I just said her name. Beep that out, Tom. <laughs> because my friend's parents um, had asked her to do this favour, uh, she was allowed to rent whatever she wanted and right. we would rent horror films. So at a very young age, we were watching fucked horror films. Yeah. So anything that's... Get, like, I remember so clearly watching Saw for the first time with them. Yeah, right. I remember watching uh, Wolf Creek. It was with them. But, like, a lot of those kind of, like, Scream... Uh, I know he did last summer, those kind of horrors. And I think all fear that I got from scary movies was just out of me by the time I was 14. So nothing really scares me anymore. Like, yeah. I don't have nightmares. I don't feel the need to sleep with a light on. I, nothing like that. Um except like looking at Pinhead makes oh. me feel uncomfortable and the wheel is in Return to Oz, which I've shown you before. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two char- that I'm like, oh, that makes me feel like a bit uncomfortable. Well, then I think you're going to be scared. I would warn you because you don't love gore, do you? 
No, like, like I don't love gore. <laughs> I can deal with gore, but like, um, what I don't love in a my my favorite horror movies are the ones that are a bit campy, but also um, that are about like things like serial killers, mm. um, or like that kind of like who done it kind of stuff. Mm. Things that don't scare me are things like aliens, right, and um, like ghosts. Right, yeah. Like, I would much prefer to watch something like Scream than I would The Conjuring. Right, yeah. So, this one is very supernatural, borders on fantasy. Pinhead is not even the sec, like, is like one of four of, like, not even, he's not even, they're not even the main villain. The Mm. main villain is another character. Yeah. Right, that they're, anyway, it's great. It's a great film. Um, Also, uh, really vague if it's set in Britain or America. Half the characters are British. Half the characters are, I think, dubbed with American accents to okay, make it accessible yeah. to Americans. Fantastic. <laughs> but but it's super gory in right. a way, and creatively so. But like, I was like, ooh, ooh, this is a this is it. Like, even it, yeah, it's great. Okay, it's gory great. like like a classic zombie film kind of gory. Like really creative. So one of the most creative uses of gore I've ever seen because it's like pleasure, yeah. pain, S and M. Yeah. Um, like and just like really like great special effects, but really fucked up. I have to say, sorry, just pulling it back to Johnny Legs. Still to this day, some of the best creative goriness was from that movie Hollow Point. Oh, yeah. Where his sev- he beats that guy with a severed limb. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Sorry, I just needed to bring it, yeah. <laughs> bring it back to Johnny Legs. Bringing it back. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. To Johnny Legs, do you want to talk about this movie? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to... We'll get to... Yeah. All right. Here's my intro. Um, right. Cronicas is a t- There's a lot of Spanish words in this intro Yeah And I wrote them in and I was like So I might fuck up the pronunciation So sorry if there's any people that can speak Spanish listening right now Because I'm going to fuck this up They speak Spanish in Ecuador, yeah? Yes Yeah Cronicas is a 2004 Ecuadorian thriller slash drama From writer-director Sebastian Cordero. The film tells the story of Manolo Bonillo, John Leguizamo, an unscrupulous journalist from Miami who, along with his producer and cameraman, is in Ecuador to report on the impact of a serial killer known as the Monster of Babahoyo. Babahoyo. I then, just full disclosure, tried to write like a little piece about, like a little line about like, as he delves deeper and deeper, you know, like that yeah. kind of line, but without giving anything away. And I wrote many, many drafts and I couldn't get it. Yeah, okay. I kept being like, I did like a, I can even shake my phone and show you. I did like a, as he goes deeper and deeper into the case, he ch- challenges ethical journalism. Mm. And then I, I just couldn't get it. 
but that's what happens. So that's the start yep. of the story. And then he goes deeper and deeper. Yep. Twists and turns. Yes. Unexpected twists and turns deeper and deeper. Yes. Um, two things I want to say. One, I know we do a spoiler warning at the start of the episode, but I really mean it with this one. I really, really, really mean it with this one. If, if this is a film you want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it is, it does have twists and turns mm. and it's not one that like, I just don't think it, it, it's better if it's not ruined. Okay. If this is a film you have access to, it was hard to get. But if this is a film you have access to and it is one you're interested in watching, um, we'll see if me and Mish agree if it's one we recommend on watching. Um, It really was like very surprising and went in directions I wasn't expecting from the start. The less you know, the better, I think. It was the sort of film where I didn't know what the plot was. And I was like, what type of film is this? And like it kept kind of unfolding. So if you're at all interested or even if you're listening along and you go, actually, I do want to watch this film, turn off the podcast. We've got now ad money at this point. Yeah. Turn off the podcast. Go have a watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And the second thing I want to say, I don't think we're going to go into the themes of this film, Mm -hmm. but the serial killer they're investigating, just a trigger warning. Yeah. And a real one. I don't think we're going to go into it, but no. the serial killer is does really bad things. The victims are children. If any of that stuff is going to, you know, yeah, ruin your vibe, just a heads up. But I don't think we're going to go into that. Mm-hmm. But just a heads up, and it, yeah. Um, the first thing I want to talk about. Mm. You said I could shake my phone and show you. Yeah, you can do shake your phone. Is um, what? Is uh, Are you saying I can bring back undo things? typing? Oh my god! So I'm just get I'm gonna have to get rid of a fair chunk, fair chunk of my undo intro. typing. Oh my god! This really does prove how shit I am. No, this was one I only learnt recently, and Did it's also not- like a pain in the fucking. Uh, it's because I, I I think it was this podcast. Mm. I wrote a whole intro and then accidentally deleted it. Yeah. And I googled how do you undo typing, but what a fucking l- laborious and stupid yeah, way to do dumb. undo. Can I just say that like I've read or seen on TikTok so many like iPhone tricks. Look at this. If you do this with your iPhone, I'm like wow. And then I've forgotten all of them. Mm. So I'd love to know some if there are some cool things you can do with your iPhone. Um. Like stick it up your ass, you know? Yeah, you can stick an iPhone up your ass. I couldn't. That's very wide. I have to go back. I have to delete my two things part. But yep. um... um so this movie is entirely in Spanish. Mm. I think it's probably worth saying that as well. The movie is entirely in Spanish. Um the Except for like little Little moments. Johnny Legs plays someone from Miami, so mm. he will occasionally in these heightened moments, say things in English. Um, there are two fun facts related to this film. Oh. Do you want to hear them? Yeah. The first one is that Johnny, this is Johnny Legs' first full movie in Spanish. Because we've watched one since. Yeah, but called this- The Trip 2. That was the other one that we watched. Uh, the Trip 2, which I know had a Spanish name that I've forgotten that now. Fine, yeah. um, but, so this was his first full-length movie in Spanish. He was so nervous to do it that they got in a um, 
Spanish teacher to go over every line. And he diligently went through every single line to make sure that he was doing it correctly. Wow. And that it sounded authentic. It, like it was like a really big thing for Johnny Legs to make sure that because he was so nervous apparently. The other fun fact is this was the Ecuadorian um, – this is the film that Ecuador put forward as their Academy Award nominated film to go into Best International Film oh, into well, the Academy best. Awards, but it wasn't accepted. But it had – this was the biggest film of the year to come. Out of Ecuador. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. I um, I We talk sometimes about movies that are really full on. I thought this film was really special. I really, mm. I really uh, responded to this film. Okay. I watched about uh, ten minutes of it. We watched a very shitty bootleg version on it on YouTube. Yeah, not that we would ever encourage you to watch what is an illegally uploaded film on YouTube, um, but we did. Yeah. We're not going to get in trouble for that for watching it. The person surely who uploaded it is the one who gets in trouble. We're, we're all criminals here. Am I a criminal? Could I get done for watching it? Technically, yeah. Why? Because it's illegal. What if I fell asleep? This happens to me often. Yeah. This happens to me way too often. Yeah. What if I fell asleep on the couch while watching, I don't know, like some sort of YouTube shit, and then eight hours later I woke up and it had gone through all this stuff and it had gone through Chronicus, the illegally uploaded. I doubt it would have gone through that. But it could have. If it did, um, I don't know. Mish... I don't know. You're getting me on a very... When I worked at the cinema, they used to say to us every now and then at meetings, they used to say, if you let someone who's under 15 in to watch an MA movie or an R-rated movie, Mm -hmm. we get a $100,000 fine, you get a $50,000 fine, and they get a $10,000 fine. Right? They had these numbers. I I pulled them out of my ass, but it was roughly like that. It was like, everyone gets fined. Now, I can't think of... Any, t- any occurrence, I worked in and out of cinemas for 10 years. I know people that still work in that industry. I've never heard of a cinema getting fined $100,000 for letting a kid in- get into mm. step, step, what's the, I don't know, a, a MA movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but technically, mm. technically it's illegal. And I think this is the same kind of thing. Do you know that it is? I don't, you're going to ask questions to follow up on this and I don't know if I can answer them, but I did learn this fact recently Yeah. and please don't ask me any follow up questions. Just either say, wow, or I don't think so. And we can drop okay. it because I don't, I don't know if I I'm can. I'm going to full Joe Rogan you. I'm gonna please go, don't. I don't, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I that's can, true. I don't know if I can properly back it up with yeah. like proper fact, but this statement be true. <laughs> it is technically illegal to sell pornographic DVDs in Victoria. Yes. Okay, so that is a correct statement. By what you, it depends on what you mean by pornographic. You can only sell, a, at least when I worked at a video yeah. shop, R-rated was the most pornographic. Yes, that you is right. Sell. You cannot sell X-rated films yeah. in Victoria. I don't, and I believe in other states you can, but t- on on a technicality, it is technically illegal to sell pornographic DVDs. When I was a uh, Teen, tween, I went on a trip to Darwin. Um, and Darwin is like, I think less so now, but like 20 years ago, that's like a, it's like a whole different country yeah. in terms of like, the, like takes a certain kind of person to be able to like survive in that heat. Right. Um, and I went there and I remember it was just this strange and wonderful place. And one of the things that was like, 
incredible was at the video shop, mm. they had a curtained off area mm-hmm. for X-rated movies. Mm-hmm. So my video shop that I worked at for six months, they had an R-rated shelf and you could walk past it. Mm-hmm. But here they had a curtained off X-rated video yeah. because it was like legal there and not here. Well, apparently the reason why it's like it's technically illegal to sell pornographic DVDs in Victoria. It's like, but hold on a second. I know of places that sell pornographic DVDs in Victoria, legitimate companies that sell them. Why are they not being raided and taken down and blah, blah, blah? Because I believe, yeah. and again, I should really have, like, no, I should really fine. know this for sure no, before really I say matter. it, but I believe that, say, hypothetically, you owned a a blockbuster that still operated mm-hmm. and there was a pornographic curtained off section in said blockbuster. If the cops came and said, we need to take all of these away and you're going to get fucked on, they cannot certify that they are pornographic without paying for them to be officially certified. And it costs around about $300 per DVD, not title per DVD to get something certified as being pornographic. So people don't bother. It's one of those just kind of like, all right, we're not going to bother. There you go. There you go. That's really interesting, Mish. I think that that's correct. Look, I can back up big aspects of that story with my Darwin experience. And your love for porn. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the fact that I just love porn. (laughs) Um, But when I was watching this movie, right, about 10 minutes in, I was like, I'm going to pause it and I'm going to look, like I'm going to double check. I trust you. Yeah. But I was like, I trust you up to the level that I trust you and your ability to find the movies because you find the movies. I do find the movies. And I would never want to criticise you for finding the movies because you do an amazing job of finding the movies. Thank you. And I do trust you. But last week you were like, did you know Tubi exists? And I'm like, I've been posting about Tubi for weeks. I didn't know that Tubi was a thing. I'm always talking about Tubi. And there's like at least two Johnny Legs films that I have been unable to find that are on Tubi. Yeah. So you best believe if you have Tubi, look up Leguizamo. Those films are coming soon, baby. One of my favourite things in the world, and it's too niche to post about, but I always want to post it, is um, uh, on and off I subscribe to a um, streaming platform called Mubi. Mm. And Mubi, it, less so now, now they're just a broad streaming platform. Their whole thing was they upload one movie a day mm. and that movie stays up for 30 days. So they only ever have 30 movies up there. Oh, okay. And all the movies are like really, 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 really art housey kind of. Oh, this is, you've told me about this is very Zach. Yeah, yeah, not even. Like it's very like Zach to have, a, have spend $10 a month yeah. on this thing and never watch anything on it, right? Yeah. But it's where I've discovered a lot of like the, like it's where I got discovered Orgy of the Dead. Mm-hmm. There's like some really great movies I've watched and, and, and hard to get ones and it's really fun. It's really cool. Um, anyway, movie is like the most wanky. Mm-hmm. They do most of their promotion on like film essay. Yep. You know, they're like, why uh, soundtracks are better in French films? Uh, before we talk about it, I want to uh, thank our sponsor, Mubi. Um, so that kind of thing. And then Tubi, Tubi, Tubi mm-hmm. is um, on the other end of the spectrum. It's where I recently uh, finally got to watch Lawnmower Man, the director's cut. Yeah. I've just started watching Lawnmower Man 2, I think it's called, yep. like uh, 
escape the cyber world or yeah. something. Um, Tubi, also great for like little cult. And also free, by the way. Free. It yeah. has ads. Great for like finding things. I've, I've dis- like, like some really cool little cult curios that I've oh, really struggled to find, I find on Tubi. I was looking through Tubi and there were so many movies that I'd either never heard of, but also ones that I was like, Back like maybe fifteen years ago was like oh I'd like to watch that sometime yeah, but Chubi's never did. Great, man, Chubi's Chubi great. is like I want to fall into a big deep dark Chubi hole. My partner's going to Canberra for work soon for yeah. a few days, and I feel like I was like that's when I'm going to watch Hellraiser. But I think in between Hellraiser, I'm going to just go on Chubi and just find some cooked shit. And the watch night it. the night I watched Hellraiser, I had first scrolled through Chubi mm-hmm. um, because I was in the mood for like yeah. cooked shit. Um, anyway, my fun thing is like, I always want to post, uh, I don't know if it's a tubey or a movie kind yeah, of night. That's very good. <laughs> is tonight a movie kind of night or a tubey kind of night? I want to check very... out movie. Is the first month free? Yeah, I think so. Great. Mom. And then I've had fans tell me like, if you pretend you're a student in an American college, you can get a good rate. I can do that. I've never done it. No, can... movie's great. Movie's great. It's really like. Both of them are really good for, because I just think the big streamers Mm. sometimes don't, like I'm really discovering this now, Mm. like the thing we've really lost with the loss of DVD shops and like DVD rental places Mm. and video shops is if, if the rights go away or if the rights are funny or if... You know, the big streamers don't really give a fuck about that little movie mm. from 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, it's your tubies, it's your movies, mm. it's your SBS on demands that, like, mm. you're going to find a lot of them. Absolutely. And I think the thing with DVDs, like blockbusters, fuck it, I miss blockbusters. So when I think about it, I miss it. Yeah. It's because, yeah, you're given all the options of a Netflix in a store, but you really do only have five that you can have for the week. Yeah. And because you get those five, you then end up watching them. The amount of things that I have on my list yeah. that I just never get around to and I always just end up going, this is too hard, I'll get back to them, I'm going to go back and watch Survivor. Like th- so many. Yeah, yeah, it forces your hand. forces because you're like, well, I'm paying the 10 bucks for the five weeklies. Yeah, definitely at the end of the week you would cram a couple. So, yeah, absolutely. But that's the other thing, right? But you would always feel really guilty if you forgot one. Yeah. Oh, or you hunch. didn't get have time to watch one. But that's the other thing I would say about streamers, just quick, is there's a bit of an illusion, right, that there's a lot of choices. But now that we do this pod... Mm. And it's sort of sparked in me, oh, I really want to watch that movie or I really want to watch. I'm a bit more like, I'm a bit less scroll and like, oh, yeah, I'll watch that. And accepting of the first one that Yeah, interest. yeah. And a bit more, this is the movie I want to watch. This is this podcast has sort of shifted me back into that. Like, I'm, tonight, I want to watch this film. Yeah. And when you do it that way. Yeah. There's like a lot, and there's a lot missing on these streamers. Like, and it's like this thing of... Um, like there's this movie I really want to rewatch called Heavenly Creatures, which was the movie. I know that movie, yeah. Yeah. Do you, have you seen it? It's, I think so. Yeah. I haven't seen it in so long. It was Peter yeah. Jackson directed it. Um, it was just before he did The Frighteners and it's this really interesting movie about, it's like magical realism. It's about two girls that um, killed someone um, in the 40s or 50s. It's got Kate Winslet in her first ever film mm-hmm. and it's also got... Melanie Linsky. Linsky, is that her name? Yep. 
and I love her. She's like, she was in Two and a Half Men for yeah. one season and left. And Did she left. leave? I didn't realise this. She quit Two and a Half Men after one season and it's like that... She would have made so much bank if she'd stayed on that show. Why did she leave? Probably because she's fucking cool and just does cool shit. Yeah, she is fucking cool. She's in Yellow Jackets now. Which I haven't seen yet, but oh. I really want to watch because of her. Oh, I love Yellow Jackets. I love her. She would be a good podcast person to do. Oh, yeah. She's, she would have been in a quite, at least a handful of stuff. And she started out in Heavenly Creatures as well, right? So it's this yep. great movie where two awesome actors got their start great director first he was just a cult horror director and, and this was the movie that like without this movie we wouldn't have lord of the rings because mm-hmm. this was the movie that proved he wasn't just a horror director mm-hmm. anyway i can't fucking find it anywhere i can't find it anywhere and i'm not because i'm not like a real a real film nerd yeah. i don't i'm not like a blu-ray guy and it's like it's one of those things where i'm like if my local video shop yeah. had been open for 20 years. They would have bought that DVD when it came out on DVD. They would have put it on the bottom of their shelf and they would have forgotten about mm-hmm. it. But it would still be there. Yeah. Whereas now there's probably just some weird fucking copyright thing where they didn't get, because streamers didn't exist then, they didn't get the fucking DOP to sign a contract. So now they can't put it on streaming services in Australia mm-hmm. or something. That shit happens all the time. Yeah. But because of that, we can't watch it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was in a video shop, it would just be sitting there and of I course. could go get it. Yeah. And that that that's something that hasn't been figured out I'm yet. I'm having the same. I'm getting real like No, podcasting. no, I get it. I'm having the same. You are. <laughs> you are having a Rogan moment. Um, no, I, I'm having the same issue. You wanted issue. to do this podcast so we could get real sometimes. Yeah, that's true. No, I'm having the same issue with a movie called Serial Mum. <laughs> Have you heard of Serial Mum? Oh, Oh, my God. I can't explain to you how deeply and badly I want to see that movie again. I have not seen it. I would have been so young that I didn't appreciate it. Do you know what I mean? And I want to watch it so badly. I'm desperately trying to find it. Hey, I'll throw it out there. I'm even looking at illegal platforms. It's nowhere. Like, I can't find it. I cannot find this film. So if anyone has any information on where I can find the movie Serial Mum, I would... I would worship you. Have you have a PS, a PlayStation, yeah? Yeah. You should start looking into Blu-rays. I, that's what I want to start. I'm going to start doing. Looking Maybe into- I should just buy it on Blu-ray. Yeah, because I think there's region locking. Like, I'm not a proper film nerd. Like, you know how there's... I have friends that just own Blu-rays upon Blu-rays mm. upon Blu-rays. And, I, and I, I never used to get it, but it's like, oh, I get it now. Because mm. if you want to watch that film... Yeah, you got to get a Blu-ray of it. There's a really cool guy on TikTok that um, collects DVDs and Blu-rays. And basically people will comment, bet you don't have this and we'll throw out a really obscure film and he always has them. Have you seen the guy on TikTok that um, has like a thousand um, of the first release VHS of Titanic? No. It's just this guy who has like a whole room filled with the VHS of Titanic and then he'll stitch with anyone, right? So someone will be like, isn't it crazy to think that um, Titanic was so long they had to put it over two... VHSs and he's like, yes, they did, and with beautiful packaging. I know because I have the biggest collection of. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. That's really great. He just has, and it is. It's two videos. It's because they had oh. to do like a little interval in the middle. Insane. Um, we should talk about this film. Though. Yes, no. So the thing I was going to say was I loved it so much. I went to try and find a better version of it yeah. because the the quality was really low. Mm. I loved it so much that I called you and said, "Can we push?" 
back the podcast. I don't want to watch this in double time or half watch it while I'm doing something else. It's not a perfect film, but I think it's a really interesting film. It's a story that I've seen many times. Yeah. Uh, The kind of, um, you know, it's of the... Uh, the sort of silence of the lamb school in some ways, but then also not Hmm. in other ways, structurally like that. To me, it's kind of like structurally very classic drama thriller. Yeah. Like that's how I kind of see it. It's very like drama thriller. There's not a lot of lightness in this film at all. No, It's very edge of your seat. But also very kind. You, you sit in it very heavy. Drama that, that to me, it's like classic drama thriller. I wouldn't say it's like a sexy thriller or a crime thriller. No, it's a drama, um, and it's done very well. But it is classic. There is a real classic element to the way this film was made. But there's a but that I've, I've got, uh, and I'm sitting on this seat with it. No. <laughs> it's it's structured like in some ways, The Silence of the Lambs in the kind of trying to outsmart someone and trying to figure out who did something. It's got this mystery thriller element, right? Mm -hmm. That's the structure of it. But tonally, so when I think of that, I think David Fincher, I think Mm -hmm. like, I think really dark, gritty, you know, Mm -hmm. like unrelenting, very like, um, I think of like every, all cameras are on a tripod kind of, no, not like handheld camera. You know, I have mm. a very clear grey aesthetic to yeah. it, you know. But tonally, it's more like a drama. Mm. It feels very, very real. Mm-hmm. It feels really kind of low-key. Everyone's just sort of mm. talking. Like the tone of it is really like um, kind of loosey-goosey, chatty, dramery. Mm-hmm. And that combination of things I don't think I've ever seen before. Okay. I really liked that. I liked that structurally it was something I knew. Tonally it was kind of something I knew, but I'd never seen those two things together. It had Mm. a kind of – because we talk sometimes about things that are unrelentingly heavy. Mm -hmm. This is that – Subject matter-wise. Subject matter-wise, scene-by-scene-wise – but the music was a bit, yeah. was really beautiful. La- that was my, my uh, that's what I, uh, my favorite thing about the film. Like, and I really enjoyed this film. I yeah, enjoyed you watching did. This. Yeah. yeah, my favorite thing. Oh, that's was good. The I music. didn't know if you enjoyed it. No, or I did. I did. I really did enjoy this film. I I struggled with it a bit in, and I'll go into that in a minute. But I loved the the music in the film more than anything. And my other thing that I love, which I think when done well, and I think this movie did do this well, is like my one of my favorite things. It's when you kind of back a villain. Yeah. Like, and I'm not talking we're backing the murderer, not the, the, that guy, we're not backing him. But the Johnny Legs character in this film isn't like an evil character. He's a very human character. Yeah. But um, basically, like, kind of, like, long story short, um, this guy gets sent to jail for hitting, running over a kid in the in the markets. Yeah. Right? And Johnny Legs is at the jail doing interviews because he's a reporter. I really mean it though. I really mean it. Before Mish does this, oh, I'm not gonna. I won't. I'm not gonna go into but, it. But but even then, go watch this film. If, yeah. If, yeah. Like before we go into it, this is the last one. This is, I've never been so serious about a spoiler warning. Mm. The less you know, the better. Stop the podcast. Go watch the film if you want to. Anyway, go on, Mish. No worries. And while he's there, the guy who hit the kid 
is like, I really need your help to get out of here. Mm. My wife is about to have a baby. Should we? He seems like a really nice guy who did made a big mistake. Didn't mean to. Mm. Seems he's like my wife is pregnant. She's about to give birth to my son. Please help me. And John Lynch is like, I, what am, Nah, man. Like I can't. Re- what am I supposed to fucking do? And he's like. I I can help you find this murderer, the serial killer. the serial killer. I can help you find him because the serial killer's out and about, and no one knows where he is, and all these kids are going missing. He's like, I can, I know where, I, I have information, and I can help you find him. And then Johnny Legs is like, okay, well, this could be great for my career, yeah. great for the 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 media outlet that I work for. Like, all right, let's work on this. And as things kind of start to unfold, Johnny Legs starts to suspect that this guy is in fact that serial killer, yeah. and. You see the battle in Johnny Legs' character of if I can get this guy out of here, yeah, this will do incredible things. That's what, and it's also what his bosses are telling him to do. It's what he's being encouraged to do. Or do I announce that I suspect that this guy is the serial killer? That every is that like, yeah, yeah. Well, but also I think there's also the layer of um, the layer of as soon as he knew that he could be the serial killer, he mm. should have gone to the police. Yes. And he chose instead to continue to yep. do it himself. And I like there's a real ambiguity in because mm. in Ecuador the co- police are corrupt. Yes. Because there's a real ambiguity. There's like this, like, yeah. is he doing this for the right reasons? Is yeah. he doing this for his career? Is he doing it for a bit of both? Yeah. And he, it, it's it's kind of grey all the way from the start, um, but he doesn't go to the cops. He kind of pursues it himself. Mm. And and as the film goes on, uh, the, it's this thing of like it just long- gets so murky. It's and just- the longer he leaves it, mm. the more he's actually. It's like if he had just gone to the cops right at yeah. the start. Like it's it's really like the the way that kind of plays out is you're watching him and kind mm-hmm. of rooting for him. It's actually him getting further and further and further away from doing the right thing, yeah. and it, it kind of tricks you in a way. Yeah, and it's very like it's it's very dark, but you see yourself, or I saw myself anyway, backing Johnny Legs. Yeah, when he was doing the wrong thing, and then at the end, like right at the end, when he leaves. He got what he wanted, really, mm. but there's no satisfaction in it at all. And it was just done real the way that built to that end of just like, oh. And you, I finished the film going, oh. It, it is. But like, in a really satisfied kind of way. It's it's rare that I'm like sometimes, yeah. It, it, the older I get, the less I like a mm. um, ugh, yeah, ending. Yeah, same. In the sense that I just don't like shit that's bleak, right? But, but if... The bleakness makes the point the film is trying to yeah. make. If it's done well, yeah. if it's they done, earn it. If they earn it, yeah. And this was one that earned it. Yes, one hundred percent. I use like a bit different, but I always use um, Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show yeah, as an example yeah, yeah. because that's a villain. That is a villainous character. Yeah. But I personally watched that and want him to be the one who comes out on top because you end up backing the villain. Mm. Now, again, Johnny Legs in this was not the serial killer, but you're backing someone and you find yourself and then all the end, at the end when you realise it all kind of comes out in your favour and you end up it ends up coming out in his favour, I should say, in terms of how he wanted it to go, you just, you, you're, you're like, like, you're like, fuck yeah, like back to the winner, 
but then you just don't feel good about it because it was so fucking murky anyway. Have you seen, uh, well, of course you have, everyone's seen Psycho, but it's mm-hmm. that really famous bit in Psycho when the car, when he's like, um, when he, uh, after he kills the lady and he puts the body in the boot of her car and then he sinks, he drives the car into the lake mm. and as it's sinking into the lake, you followed her mm-hmm. for the entire movie. 40 minutes of the movie, it's been her story. He comes in, he kills her, puts her in a car the car is going into the lake and as it's sinking, it stops sinking for a second. Mm. It's this like famous moment mm. where it stops sinking. And as a viewer, just because of the music, because yeah. of the oh. rhythm, as a viewer, you go, <gasps> like keep you, going, keep going, you keep going. freak yeah. out yeah, of course. that the car is not sinking. Yeah, of course. Like that's like a, I, I think it's so powerful. I think when films, Taxi Driver is another great yeah, example exactly. of that, of just a film that pulls you into the mind of someone yeah. Uses empathy. Mm-hmm. Film is probably one of the best uh, mediums for empathy. Uses the empathy as a weapon almost. Yes. Makes you, but also like, yeah, gets you in the head of someone and then by the end you're like, oh, and I, I think feel this, grubby. And I think this movie did that really, really well. Yeah. Really, really well. I agree. I, I loved, I loved. Um, this is why I do this podcast. I know. I, it was I a good I would never one. have watched this movie. No. Absolutely never would have watched this. It was hard enough to fucking find. <laughs> Like, honest to God. And then, like, I really, really enjoyed it. Like, I, like, for me, like, if we're talking, like, issues with the m- mm. film or whatever, I found it a bit slow. Now, I yeah. don't know if that is because I was watching a shitty version with English subtitles in the middle of the day. Yeah. And when I say it was a shitty version, I mean, like, it was really pixelated and just not. It was really It crappy. wasn't great. Like, it was not. It was a crappy. Think, like, um. The, the the second wave of phones that had cameras. Yeah. Not the first wave. It was better than that. Second wave of phones that had cameras. Like that. To the level I wish I'd watched it on my phone was yes. the quality. Yes, the quality. thank you. That's yeah. exactly what it was. So I did find it to be a bit slow and my I, would rec- I recommend people to watch this film because it was very good, but give yourself the night to watch it. Yeah. This is your thing that you are doing for t- – it's a two-hour film as well, isn't it? Like two hour, hour 37. Hour 37. I know because I was Timed like, it um, Give yourself the hour and 37 minutes to watch this and that is what you're doing. Don't chuck it on while you're making tea. That's no. That's what I would say. And that was – like that's why – because that's what – because I, I, I think I disagree personally on the slowness, but I agree that I – could have found myself in a situation where I felt that way yeah. because that's why I caught, cause we were going to do this podcast a half an hour earlier. And, um, as I was watching it, I, I asked Mish if we could push back the podcast, not because I didn't have time to watch it, mm. but because I was like, I would have been writing the blurb, getting dressed while it was playing. Yeah. And I just was like, nah, this isn't that kind of movie. It's a mood movie. And I was really it had really grabbed me mm-hmm. and I was really with it. And I was like, I just got to give this one a go. I was also maybe feeling a little bit of guilt for sleeping through an hour of summers. <laughs> you have to go back and rewatch. Yeah, I do. Man. I do. I do. Um, so I, I just was like, no, I really want to watch this. And, and I think I actually like the slowness because, because I think the slowness plays to what we were talking about before about you never really see Mm. You never really see the movement. You never mm. really see the wrong choices happening. It doesn't feel like it's moving. Yeah. And then you get to the end and it's and and it's all gone to shit. Yeah. And I like and I think sometimes but 
yeah, yeah. On a different day in a different setting, I, I, mm. I would have struggled with it. Also, very quick shout out because I know he's listening, Alfred Molina. <laughs> I love you. Like, I love Alfred Molina. I I have honestly such a deep love for him. Yeah. I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast. My love for Alfred Molina. I f- struggle to watch a movie that has him in it without my entire focus being on his trajectory and his arc because I just love him so much. And there is a scene in a movie called Frida, which is the film oh, about Frida I need to Frida rewatch Carlo. Frida. Let me tell you my thing about Frida. Um, go ahead. Oh, okay. oh, do you want me no, to go no, first? No, you tell and then I'll tell my friend. Um, I love the movie Frida. I don't, like, I know that it was kind of like it was like uh, very mixed reviews for was that it? film. Yeah. I really liked it. Really, really liked mm. it. Probably because Alfred Polina's in it. But there, he also plays... Also, Selma Hayek is He plays incredible. Frida's husband, Diego. And um, spoiler warning about Frida Kahlo's life, but this guy was a real womanizer. He slept with a lot of women through their marriage. It was just... It was, he was famous for um, sleeping with a lot of women. And um, she finds out and she stays with him anyway and, like, kind of, like, shit. She ends up sleeping with Jeffrey Rush's character, um, who is, oh, my God. Ah, Lennon. Lennon, thank you. No. No. Who is it? Tolstoy, no. Who is Jeffrey Rush's character? God, I haven't Googled Jeffrey Rush for a while. He's one of the the Russian. Yeah. um, Oh, fuck's sake. Who is he? Oh God! This is the worst thing for a podcast ever. We can't just ever. be googling Go- Trotsky. He's Trotsky. Ah, yeah. So she. Hooks- I called him Tolstoy. He's <laughs> different. That's a ballet um, person. Isn't she it? ends up hooking up with him, and Alfred Molina's character finds out, and turns to her and goes, "You've broken my heart, Frida," and it's just the most like. It's, I, I can't explain to you how, like, impactful yeah. that little scene is when he finds out and he and she's just like, it was just a fuck because that's what he said to her in the past about women. They're just fucks. It's not a thing. She's like, what, what's the problem? It was just a fuck. And he goes, you've broken my heart, Frida, because she slept with this one man after everything he'd done and he does it so well because you're, like, kind of similar to the whole, like, back in the villain kind of deal. It's like you're a cunt. The worst husband ever. Very interesting, charming, great artist. Cunt of a husband. Yeah. And my heart is breaking for you because I see how hurt you are that your wife did yeah. this. But, like, how have you managed to do that? He's just so good. Anyway. No, it's great. It's a great example of actors should never judge their character. Oh, it's just, like, I, him in that movie, it's just, and Salma Hayek, the two of them are cool. just, like. So the thing I was going to say about Frida, right, and I think I've said this on this podcast before. Now the thing I'm saying all the time on this podcast is I think I've said this on this podcast. So I'm going to just embrace it. Mm. And I'm just going to say the same thing 50 times until you tell me as a listener. Mm. Or Mish, you can give me the heads up. That was a movie when I watched it, I had a really peculiar reaction to it. I was young. I think I'd, I'd, I'd uh, probably appreciate it differently now that I'm older. I was mm. like maybe 19 when I watched it. I watched the whole movie. And it was much more conventional than I thought it would be, mm. you know. Like it, it's it's a really kind of conventional biopic structurally. Yeah. It's just like this, then this, then this, then this. Um, Julie Taymor adds some really beautiful like mm. imagery, the way they recreate the paintings as key moments mm. in her life, yep. right? But the movie as a whole, and I've heard since that I, a lot of that was Weinstein coming in and like forcing edits and stuff. The hmm. movie as a whole was a lot more conventional than I was expecting. 
And at the end of the movie, I was like, huh, that was all right. Like I didn't, it didn't hit me, right? It didn't like impact me. Again, I was a 19, like there, there are so many things about me at mm. 19 years old and a biopic about Frida mm. that, you know, my lived experience yeah. probably wasn't a lie. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> right? But I watched the film, film ended. I was like, that was fine. It was, it was quite conventional. It didn't really move me. And then I think I went to the shops yeah. and I was walking to the shops and like 20, 30 minutes after the movie was over, I just got like hit with this like oh. wall of emotion. And I was just like, oh my God, that movie was beautiful. And it's, it's oh, never. Oh, that's such a nice story, Zach. <laughs> I didn't know that story. Well, I, why would you, but it's just, it's such a strange thing that it, it just, it, it kind of, for me was like its whole thing needed to sit, like the mm. tragedy of it and the beauty of it needed to sit. It wasn't like I felt it in it. It was only when I saw the whole thing and processed yeah. the whole thing that it hit me. Oh, I love that for you. That's so nice. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful movie. I really want it to is. watch it. It is. Yeah. I, it's, it is, like you said, like it, it, there's a Hollywood element to it. Like it was made with Hollywood. It's a Hollywood film. It's just convention. It just doesn't, but that's not a problem. An easy watch, right? But it like... It's an incredible story and it's cast impeccably. Yeah. Like it is, it's just, I love Frida. I really do love Frida. It's like, I've seen many movies in my time. I don't want to be like, it's in my top 10 because it's probably not my top 10. But for someone who watches a lot of movies, yeah. who really loves film, it, it, I reckon if I was forced to write a top 30, it would be a contender. Yeah. It would be a contender. I really love that film. And not because it's like, and I've said this on the podcast a thousand fucking times. I don't give a shit about convention when I watch film. I don't care about the history of. I don't care about genre or where it came from. I just want to be entertained. Mm. So for all of the flaws in Frida, whatever, it I find it so it it it, it was I it, it was evocative and I felt something when I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Well, and I don't think I don't necessarily think what I said were criticisms. No, it was not just, at all. Not at all. It was just that it it. Because that's what—that's almost my point is that it just it moved me in a surprising way. Oh, I it love that! It was just that. different to the way I thought it would go, and it, it it played differently to how I thought it would play. And I think sometimes a movie can can be conventional in structure and and mm. where you find the interest. Case in point, Chronicles. <laughs> I just love that you've said that. I love you, Zach. That was lovely. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> um, do you have any final thoughts on this film? Um. No, no, I don't. I think I've said everything I needed to say about it. I really, I did enjoy it. Um, I guess on a lighter note, it's always lovely to see Johnny Legg speaking Spanish. Mm. Um, it is just like such a sexy language. <laughs> <laughs> I can't explain. Like, um, I don't think he would mind me saying this because it was just like a. Um, Wait, you don't think John Leguizamo no, no, no. would mind? My partner. Oh, right. I don't think he'd mind me saying this because it's just like one of those chats that you're having with partners. It's like, I really want to take up a new hobby. I wouldn't mind something. I was like, cool. And he's like, something I've wanted to, and we've been together for a few years now. Like I, I know a lot of his stories and his interests. He goes, something I've wanted to do for years and years now is Spanish classes. I'm thinking of taking them up. When I tell you I came, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Yes. <laughs> Yes. yes, dude. Yes. I started looking them up. I was, I'd be like, I'll buy it. I'll buy them for you. I'll buy it. And he's like, yeah, no, I think that's something I want to do in, do next year. And I was like, oh, ab abso absolutely you should. 100%. 100% so you should. Um, so, yeah, I guess on a lighter note, the Spanish is sexy. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't feel any of those. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Nothing. I thought it was really. I, I would love to watch it in a better quality because the the like the places. Mm. I th- I feel like it would have been really beautiful. Uh, the sound wasn't as good, and the, mm-hmm. and the visuals weren't as good in this copy we saw. Mm-hmm. And the music was beautiful. And and I think that even that one criticism you had of it, I wonder if you, like, I think you're absolutely right. If to watch it. I would love to see it with like good sound, good yes. picture. I'd love, I, this is one I'd really love to rewatch properly. Yeah. Cause, um, Fun Time Film Club. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. In no way. Yeah. Orgy of the Dead, Jingle All the Way, Chronicus. The, one of the most depressing <laughs> films I've seen in years. Um, I also, you know, obviously he's, the lead and it's great from that front. So we should talk Leguistamos. Actually, before we do, <laughs> before we do, is this coming out before Sydney Mario? Yeah, it's coming out next week. Um, come see us in Sydney. Yeah, if you're from Sydney, we're um, doing a screening of Super Mario Brothers at Ritz Cinema on the 25th of November. I think it's like 8 o'clock, 8.30? Yeah. We're heading from Melbourne to, we're going we're to Sydney for to this. You. I can't express to you how much we're not making money for this job. Like literally nothing. <laughs> literally nothing. We're doing it purely to bring you a movie we love. Yeah. <laughs> we just want the world to see Super Mario Brothers and we're starting in Sydney. I had someone DM me. It's like, could you bring it to Norway? Yes. Get a cinema in Norway. <laughs> to pay for our to flights. To pay for our flights over there. We'll do it for free if they pay for our flights. That's so funny. I had someone DM me and, and say, can you bring it to um, Gold Coast? And I said, no. <laughs> I said I said the same thing as you, but I just did it in a much more like, I'm going to be real with you right now. <laughs> Unless you can get a cinema to pay for it. Yeah. I just don't think the economics are going to no, work out for not. you. Um, do you want to do Lego Star Wars first or would you like me to? Uh, yeah, I'm going to do them first. Okay. Um, uh, which is pretty, like, I don't know where you're going to go with it. Um but I just want to say personally, uh, I, it's crazy to me that I'm going to do this because I've done this so many in a row. But uh, he's the lead. He's, he's the lead. lead. Uh, he's the lead. Yep. He speaks Spanish with little sprinkles of English. He acts great in it. It's a oh. great acting exercise for him. He's He's complex. I think it's kind of the best kind of thing for him he plays characters that are a little bit like not all good not all bad yeah that's his best I think that's when he's at his absolute best is when he's playing characters that are a bit complex yes and a little bit when there's more going on in his head than coming out his mouth yes yeah great fucking great way to put it thanks so that's why I give it five leg with star modes Oh, no. That's okay. No, I, I haven't that. said anything yet. So I, I'm st- like, to be honest with you, I am conflicted about my score. But you got to do what you No, no, no. Me. Listen, I feel like mm-hmm. if it wasn't Leguistamos and it was just stars, it wouldn't be a five out of five for me. Yeah. It would be more like a four. Yeah. So I, I don't think I've just, for the first star. time in a long time, I'm thinking. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm getting cloudy because I think I'm going, oh, it was a bit slow. That's not Johnny Legs' fault. Certainly not. The things that I found about it that to be a bit slow, so definitely not sure with Johnny. And as I sit here now, I'm feeling more confident. I'm feeling Mish, more confident. I just want to like, I just want to make sure because I don't want there to be any kind of sense of this was rigged or anything like no, that. No, no, it's not. I just want to ask, you know, the slowness of a film or your enjoyment of a film can affect its leg with Starmo. Right? I hear you. I hear yeah. what you're saying. So I agree with you completely on everything you said. I think that this is the best of Johnny Legs, as in like what I like to watch Johnny Legs doing. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, I always harken back to the take, but it's very similar to that kind of like, oh, my God, I didn't expect this when I saw mm. this film. I didn't know what I was going to get into. Um, I, was, I wasn't sure. Mm. Um, great era, 2004, 2003 mm. for Johnny Legs. I love an early noughties Johnny Legs moment. I think it's, it's a lot of fun. I love the stories behind him being nervous to learn all the Spanish, and then he did. And and the commitment. He is the lead. I love that. It's great. It's a, it's beautifully acted, and I'm going to give it four and a half Legostamos oh. because there's just something like it's just a vibe. I don't even know if I can put my finger on it. I don't want to get like, I don't want hate for this. Don't cancel me. I just think yeah, that like it's will. worthy. They'll come for you for this. I know it's worthy <laughs> of the four and a half fully, but I didn't get the same thing that I get from. Sexaholics that I get from Summer of Sam that I get from the take. Um, it just it doesn't have. I, I just didn't get that same that that half star. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I, I liked this movie more than the take, um, but you know, it's really. I preferred the take. There we go. There's a difference between you and me. I preferred the take to this movie. Yeah, that's fine. Um, it's funny. Sometimes our generation gets like funny about disagreeing. Sometimes yeah, we okay. take shit personally, you know what I'm saying? No, no. That's just like sometimes we get a bit like, um, well, actually the take is not as good because of these reasons. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes about uh, Margaret and David and how vicious they could get with each other. Oh, David, no. They could get uh, – have you – then we can wrap this up. Mm. Have you ever watched um, The Dancer in the Dark review of Margaret and David? No. Oh boy! This is uh, this I'm is the last thing. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. This is the last thing. It's it's like um, at uh, Acme they have these little um like they have this like sound like they have these little TVs that you can go and watch films that have been archived by the National Film and Television yeah. Archive, and they just have all these short films. Like it's a really great way to watch. Um, you know <laughs> they'll have like an episode of Play School, and they'll have like. Um, Short films starring David Wenham when he was like twenty, yeah, and like the All of Love My Way, just these like, just like they're trying to kind of encapsulate, yeah, they just sort of are trying to encapsulate Australian film and television. Mm-hmm. The one clip they have from Margaret and David, they have one clip Margaret and David at uh, what the movie show. And it's them reviewing Dancer in the Dark. I just found it on YouTube. I've saved it. Margaret gives it five stars. David gives it zero stars. Oh. And it is five and zero. The best movie of the year, one of the worst films I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh, that's great. I'm going to watch literally as soon as we wrap this up. 
Um, and I recommend it to everyone. But it's like they go, they fucking go for the jugular and then they go and review another movie. And yeah. it's lovely to see. Isn't it? <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to Mission Zach's Leg was Armorama. This is our final episode ever. <laughs> Because you liked the taste. Because we're done. Yeah. I'm fucking done I'm with fucking this I'm fucking done bitch. with this cunt to my left. How fucking dare you embarrass the, me. The fucking take. Get the fuck out of my studio. Get the fuck out of here. Um, but we'll see you next week. Um, Tom, can you just put on some royalty-free Spanish music, please? Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom.